starting to get a bit testy over there in Vegas, fellas. Uh, Denny Wilder's coming up shortly, and there's uh, some breaking news courtesy of nine newspapers uh, in regards to a bit of a confrontation in the hotel. And they're all staying together in Resorts World over there in Vegas. Confrontation in the early hours of the morning as naturally they wouldn't have got back till late post. Well, I think the second game was 8.30 kickoff local time. So by the time they would have all got back to the hotel, it would have been in the early hours of the morning. But uh, the Herald is reporting that Brisbane players confronted Spencer Lenu back at the hotel. So we'll get the latest on this. And this is all in relation, no doubt, uh, Everyone who saw the game saw the controversy that uh, Ezra Mam has accused Spencer Lenu of calling him a monkey, and a formal complaint was made. Did Spencer not do an interview? He did an interview on Triple M after the game and said it's just all... Well, his initial response when asked about it was, it's all fun and games, as in alluding to just all happens on the field. Uh, and then he was asked, do you feel you've got a problem? And his response was, not at all. So you know, he could say that's him, I guess, you know, denying, denying it. it without actually saying yeah. he denied it. It's probably important, Mido, to put it into context, the question that was asked of him. It yep. wasn't directly put to him, did you make a racial allegation against Ezra Mann? No. The question was something about what sort of happened around that time. And that's when he said, oh, it was all fun and games, something like that. And then he, the next question was, do you have anything to be worried about? And he said, no. So, but Adam, this, this is one of the things where every team, correct me if I'm wrong, has a media manager. This is a big incident, right? Right now, because of the unknown allegation, mm. no answer at this stage. Mm. To me, it's a no-brainer. If he is innocent, well, actually, even if he's if he's said it or not said it, he should be fronting the media straight away. Yeah. So, so, so how that happened yesterday is that. And, and you guys will be familiar with what happens after an NRL game. There's several host broadcasters in terms of TV and radio yep. who have sideline reporters. Yep. Once full-time is done, bang, they're straight on the field trying to get an interview with whoever they target to get an interview. And obviously, Brent Reid from Triple M approached Spencer Lenu, yep. got that interview. Yep. I'm not sure if there was someone, a media minder there, trying to drag him in. But, but okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. But even if now, it, today, like first thing today, because even, if, even in the heat of the battle, the game's just over, he's uncertain of how big this is going to be. Yes. Now, you can see how big this is going to be. Yes. Mate, people are staying in Vegas longer, mm. as in journos. Mm. They're not leaving. They're cancelling their flight, postponing their flight because this has happened. Well, so if he is innocent, if mm. he has not said this, he should be, as soon as he gets out of bed, he should be going to the media manager saying, listen, I'm fronting this because it did not happen. I agree with you 1 million percent, but having been around rugby league long enough to know how it operates is they will be hiding him for as long as possible. Oh, oh. And, and also, and also yeah. they will say, and, and in some respects, probably rightly so, that it could be subject of a judiciary hearing Which and they don't want to be. prejudice the case, yeah. right? Which is and, true. Too. And, and yeah. the NRL, yeah. the NRL are very strict on this these days, Clarky. They'll yeah. give clubs instructions saying, do not comment on this issue until you go to the judiciary okay. in front of the judiciary. These two teams are staying in the same hotel. So I've just yep. found out. Because they've run into each other. All four teams. Are All four so. teams. Yeah. Okay. Should the two players not be having a conversation? It is not Australia versus uh, a different country and you stay in a different hotel and you only <laughs> see each other when you're on the field. You it's you play against each other every week. Mm. You see each other. Mate, we've got guys living together. One, someone who plays for Manly lives with someone who plays for Parramatta. Like, 
They're all in the same family. Should there not be a conversation between these two players? Because I'm concerned as well around, what if he hasn't said this, but but the Brisbane players think he did say that, but he said something else. Certainly some of the Brisbane players think he did say it. So that's what I'm saying. Is it not, should the two players... Should like instead of having a run in in the middle of the corridor, should that Broncos players should be saying, okay, well, if you're saying you haven't said it, let's go and see Ezra and and let's sort this out. Like let's have a conversation because that's what he thinks he's heard. Mm-hmm. It might still be very raw, and for Ezra Mam, he might not feel like he's in the right headspace to do something like that. But I, I, I hope they can get it sorted out. Like I, I don't know which way this is going to go. Obviously, but clearly it's and don't and don't forget that Spencer Lenny was part of that Penrith team last year who played that grand final against Brisbane. So there's still going to be a little bit of simmering tension yeah. between Point. between the player and the opposition team mm. and those Ford packs. There was a lot of talk before mm. that game and even afterwards. I have you guys watched that um, Penrith documentary no, yet? I've got to no, watch I it. It's come out. I, I watched I'm a little sorry. bit of it over the course of the weekend and. Spencer Lenu features quite prominently in that documentary saying, I just wanted to get it on with these guys. You know, I was, I was ready for it with the Brisbane Ford pack. So don't think those comments haven't been missed as well. How are you, Danny? Well, I was supposed to be on my way home um, after last night's fantastic game, but uh, I've got a call from work saying, uh, you're staying an extra day to um, get on top of this, um, this situation with the allegation in the game. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's a fair bit going on. I'm, I'm in the team, uh, the team's foyer at the moment, and I can bring you up to date on a few things. Um, first of all, I've got an interview with uh, Spencer Lenu, um, which will be airing tonight on um, Nine News, which I got on the field post game. And there are some comments in there which are, are interesting to say the least. So I won't wow. be sort of giving you the exact okay. details of what happened, but. Um, at that point, I guess the entirety of the situation wasn't known. Hmm. Um, and But Spencer um, was happy to have a chat, and he did so. Um, and today you're talking about, you know, if he's been bottled away or put in a, put away somewhere, but um, no, he's not. Um, he's I've seen him this morning. I had a chat to him. Uh, he, is, uh, he went out uh, for a little while uh, with some of his teammates. I think they went... Um, uh, shopping or for a coffee or something uh, on the strip. Uh, and um, the, a lot of the Roosters boys are just walking around. Uh, and, like, you know, like that. If, if they don't know what's going on, they will soon. You know what I mean? I think Spencer has an idea because, um, you know, people are watching him and watching his moves. And he, as you can imagine, there's a few journos around um, trying to get to the bottom of all this. Um, uh, Spencer himself seems okay. Um, but we did just broke a story saying that there was a, um, with, along with Michael Chambers saying there was a um, late night um, confrontation, not a physical one, but a verbal one um, between Spencer and Broncos players. Um, and uh, it had to be um, broken up or ended by um, the, the Roosters media manager, Alex Phillips. So, um, so there's, a lot go- there's a lot going on. If, he has said this, then we don't know for sure. But yeah, yeah. well, he, he knows. He, he knows yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. If he is, if he does admit to his coach, his captain, that he has said this, because you'd imagine the first thing they would be doing, or last night after the game, would have fronted him to ask him this question. If he I has was in the press conference last night, uh, yeah. and Trent Robinson didn't have, which was with Trent Robinson and James Desco, and they. 
there was no knowledge uh, expressed by them of of what happened. As in, they hadn't spoken to the player yet. Yeah, I don't think. I okay, don't think well, that I would imagine after the press conference they would have though. They would have went straight back yeah. into the change room and spoke yeah. to him because yeah. if he is it, if he does admit this is has happened, then you would imagine the Roosters would have to, the coach would have to front the press today as well, surely. Well, we I haven't seen Trent Robinson, um, but yeah, that's, that could be something that happens. And uh, Robbo's pretty upfront with the yeah. media usually, uh, but honest, I don't yeah. know whether clubs like to, like ideally, would like to comment before anything does happen. I, at this point, I haven't seen that he's been charged or any yeah, or anything okay. to do with anything like that. So um, I guess the next step will be we're waiting on what, what the NRL is going to do. Uh, has this been picked up uh, on audio? Is it, you know, is it, we've seen the, the claims um, that have been made. And you know, we also the other thing that happened this morning, guys, is uh, the Broncos uh, left the hotel with, with suitcases. I... I saw, again, their media person looking a little bit edgy, um, or one of their media people looking edgy, and I thought, okay, something's happening here. Um, and Ezra, man, was put in a separate car to the Broncos, so he didn't have to walk past um, the, the waiting media. And I think they either went to the airport or they've gone to another event uh, before going to the airport. So um, Ezra's been shielded quite heavily. Uh, and look, and whatever has or hasn't happened, Ezra, man, would, it wouldn't appear unless there's things that we don't know. He's done nothing that we know of at the moment. So other than be um, you know, subject of it, other than make an allegation. So um, that's all we know about Ezra at the moment. So but obviously, I don't think from everything we're hearing, he's not in a, a great spot. So uh, again, that's all we've been told. I haven't spoken to Ezra directly. Danny, we might be putting the cart before the horse a, a little bit here, but in a normal scenario, if this happened in a game back in Australia and Spencer Lenny was found to have to answer some sort of charge, he'd probably have to front the judiciary on the on the Tuesday night. But with the teams travelling back from Vegas and the time zone, everything like that, is there any indication how this will play out from an NRL point of view? No, 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 no I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything yet. But well, I'm sure we will. Mm. Um, but I, I guess Adam, you know, the first thing they've got to do is actually do something. Mm. Um, I think they'd be trying to find out whether there's any how much or how much direct evidence, if there is any at all. Uh, but clearly there was an indication that, you know, he, you know, the, the allegation was made on the field and, you know, it was other player. I think there was another player. I, I didn't hear all the commentary, but I think there's another player who sort of said the same thing. So we'll see what happens. And it's unfortunate because, um, I mean, no one, we know that there's no place for racism in society or the game, uh, and if something's happened, I think there'll be very, very, very heavy penalty. Very heavy penalty. Well, we'll see what develops, and we'll catch your report tonight on Nine News, Denny. But just uh, overall, though, outside of this, uh, well, allegation late in the match, the second match last night or yesterday, just an outstanding day for footy otherwise and rugby league. You know, I can't remember a better promotion. I mean... I'm going way back to Tina Turner. I think that was the last great promotion of the game. This, you know, if it's it's in the ballpark of that, that's how good it was. I mean, I've had, I've been here for a couple of weeks now and seen everything and the way it's built and built and built. And to see uh, so many jumpers on the streets yesterday um, and the, the reaction in the stadium and the game being played in America the way it was, it's just incredible. It's incredible. I mean... And I look, I'm I'm not, 
impressed easily. You know? um, and I don't think a lot of journos are impressed easily, but to a man, uh, they're saying that this is a fantastic thing. Uh, but I guess in the long run, it'll be judged on a lot of things like uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen whether ratings have come out for Fox One or not, um, which is the American yeah. channel. Mm-hmm. And I also think that they went, I read something which I haven't confirmed that um, they, they took the game late um, because there was some college game on or something like that. Yeah, that's which true. I don't know how that in, yeah, okay, I don't know how that impacts anything either. But, you know, look, this is a, this, this is a fantastic feeling right now. Uh, but feelings don't pay the bills, do they? So um, hopefully that in, in either this year, next year or the year after, there'll be some kind of return. Let's hope there's some kind of return. And um, having been here and seen it, um, and, I mean, teams are already fighting to come again. The Roosters and Manly um, are both claiming to be America's team. You know, Nick <laughs> Pilata says, we're the red, white and blue, so we should be the American team. We're coming back. Uh, Manly owner Scott Penn says, you know, we're the American Eagles. So, you know, we want to be the home team every time. So, you know, there's there's uh, a definite desire for teams to come over. And there's, there's a whole whole bunch of CEOs over here. Sorry for the noise. It's just a few people I think are still partying from last night. Just getting in. <laughs> Buzz. As you do. Uh, like, God, they're having a good time. Um, uh, yeah. And <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, I think a lot of clubs want to come over, and CEOs are there's a bunch of CEOs over here who are all wanting you know their clubs to come and be part of this now. Denny, how did the Americans or the American market take the game? Because there's no doubt all Aussies, like all rugby league NRL lovers, are in awe. Everyone's yeah. like everybody on our text line, uh, sitting with mates on the uh, yesterday been watching. Response, it's been yeah. an amazing yeah. response, super, super positive. Yeah. If anything, overachieved. I, I don't think I don't think anybody can can fault what's going on. But yeah, what about the market that they're trying to target? Yeah, that's the big question, pup. Um, and I still think there's a long, long, long way to go before it becomes even a. You know, uh, no, it's, going, it's nowhere near a mainstream interest, and it's going to take a long time for that to happen. I think that people, people around Las Vegas, like you, they'd hear accent and they'd know about it. Oh, you're here for the rugby game, right? Mm. That was the reaction you get, and that was, you know, very common uh, in all the shops and whatever. They obviously they're dealing with a lot of Australians, and they know about it. But I don't know, like what, mate? If half, if if half the crowd was American, that's a great result. Mm. And if they go tell their friends about it for next year, that's a great. But that's it's a slow build. It's, it's almost like a, a startup business in a way, isn't it? Like it's a slow, slow build that eventually they hope will get somewhere. And I mean, I I, I was lucky enough to ride in on um, a bus with Peter Valandis into um, into the ground yesterday and interview him for nine. And um, yeah, he knows it's a process, but he's he's determined to stick to it. He wants it to happen. And usually, usually when he wants something, yeah. uh, it happens, right? Yeah. So, well, I'd say he's committed to five years. Like, let's hope that's the case. It's definitely an expensive project, um, and it's definitely a. It's going to take the time to get a return on it. But uh, let's let's not kid ourselves. It's a bit. If it's not on American TV, if it's not regularly on Fox One, 
uh, or whatever, or or some channel, right? Um, it's it's just not going to work. They have to get they have to have TV to make this work. It's very significant. I, I was um, in the chairman's um, lounge yesterday watching the game, and in walks Lachlan Murdoch and his um, beautiful wife Sarah, uh, and they were there. And I think that I think that he um, he's the key. Yeah, you know, he's the key. If 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 Lachlan Murdoch wants this to be a success, uh, it's gonna that's gonna help a lot. Mm. And it's been interesting to watch. I, I mean, I'm I'm not sitting there watching American TV, but um, I've seen I've been flicking around, and the Fox Channel uh, in or the local Fox station is the one giving rugby league coverage. I'm watching, um, you know, I'm watching Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker on on, a, on their local news service. But I'm not seeing it elsewhere. There's been um, in the time I was over here. I think there was. Um, um, uh, in, I think NBC had a camera out for a couple of the presses. Uh, there's been a New York Post journalist, I think it is, out covering things as well. Um, so I could have got that wrong. I think it's New York Post. So um, I saw saw them interviewing James Tedesco at press conferences, asking questions. But I'll be, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There were the, the the post-match press wasn't full of American journos. It was the <laughs> usual gibberers like myself who, were, you know, who were there asking questions. It was, so it wasn't it wasn't full of you know uh, the, the big stars of American media. Um, it was full of you know all, all us hacks just doing doing the same thing we do back home. You know? um, that's not again that's not criticising anybody. It's just it's a way to sort of worked out. Uh, just as far as on-field stories, what stuck out for you, Denny, as far as uh, the performances yesterday and the victories in particular by Manly and the Roosters? You know, you'll be, I'll have to be really honest with you. Uh, to me, the games and the results were not inconsequential in any way because I know people are very invested in that. But I was more interested in the big picture. Yeah. Um, it, it felt like, like I had a lot of Americans asking me, um, as well, is this actually a competition game? Are these guys playing for fun? You know, is it a fun game? And it felt like a carnival atmosphere in a lot of ways. But yeah, very significant, I guess. If you're a, if you're a, a Roosters or a Broncos fan, obviously. I mean, the Roosters looked good, didn't they? They, they traditionally were hopeless at the start of the year. They were switched on, and Broncos didn't look anything like the team that we expected them to be. Um, some of those players. Maybe not being part of the, the you know the campaign this year, and Manly were. I mean, the, I was in the Manly dressing room afterwards, and geez, there's a good feeling there. Uh, they were, you know, they weren't getting carried away with themselves, but there's a there's a, there's a certain confidence you can detect. And I guess I, I don't know if you guys discussed it or not, but that was Tommy Turbo's first game for quite a while, like what, what since middle of last year. I think it was when he got when he got that injury and. He came back strong, uh, and Luke Brooks had to chat to him after the game, and he looked, you know, he was, you know, he looked happy, you know. And I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that for a while. Um, so happy Luke Brooks and a confident Luke Brooks, he could be a good buy for them. So, and I was a bit concerned about South. So I thought um, they didn't look that as fast as I thought they would. Um, so yeah, there's little things like that, but I have to be brutally honest that I was more. I've been more interested in the event, and I know that you know, it mightn't be the way it should have been covered, but the, the whole um, the, the coming to America, the Aussie invasion, that, to me, that's been the, the biggest thing by far. Uh, 
For sure. Mate, we really appreciate it. Uh, safe travels home. If, yeah, well, hopefully. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Great to have Adam Pengilly joining us this morning as Loz makes his way back from the entertainment capital of the United States. <laughs> Do you reckon he enjoyed himself over there, Mido? Uh, I, uh, up until, well, I reckon, well, f- Friday he did the show, so that was Thursday for him over there. I reckon from then on, which we have no communication about what he got up to, <laughs> surely he's going to have some stories when he comes back. <laughs> on Wednesday. But Mitch from Robertson says, boys, a mate of mine was at the games yesterday and rang me afterwards and said, the only way to explain it would be like watching footy in a nightclub. He said it was unbelievable. I'm not sure if you can remember the games today, though, <laughs> says Mitch from Robertson. Uh, and we just spoke to Denny Wilder before, who's you know, got distracted by some people are probably coming back to the hotel there in the morning after a decent night out. But uh, it looks like everyone had a great time, and I have no doubt a lot of us this morning are looking at what we witnessed yesterday in Vegas and gone, well, going, okay, we're going next year. We are going next year. I'm sure a lot are doing that this morning. All right, massive uh, night in the NBL for the Illawarra Hawks because they have an elimination game coming up against the New Zealand Breakers tonight. And they're in Wollongong. And uh, the winner of this game has a date with Melbourne United in a semi-final series. And joining us now, great to have him on. The Hawks coach, Justin Tatum, is joining us. Justin, a very good morning to you, mate. How are you? Not bad. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you, and appreciate you, your time on game day. And what do you feel, Justin, you have changed that has helped contribute to the turnaround in your club's fortunes? Uh, I just brought the, the belief and trust of what these guys can already have uh, was built to do, we, how we built the, the team uh, for this past season to kind of like, to, to, to kind of like have success. And so I just feel that I brought the, just the confidence and then awareness and, you know, just build, build those guys uh, reassurance up, man. It was nothing too much that I did. I just stayed on them, let them know how good and great this team could be. And we found ways to, you know, kind of simulate that. Justin, when you took over the, the Hawks earlier this year, it obviously been a really tough start to the, to the season. Did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams you could get to a position like you are now? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I just know that if I just trusted the body of work and what I, I feel that I can do, I, what you know, all my experience as a former player, as a coach, that I could probably put my stamp on these guys that, you know, couldn't get no worse. So uh, we just had <laughs> we just had to find a way. That, I just had to find a way just to believe in that man and just keep going. What about tonight, buddy, in front of your home fans? How do you beat the breakers? Uh, we just use our depth. Our depth. I mean, I mean, they're unfortunately a little shorthanded without Lamb being there, and um, the guy PJC is playing a lot of minutes. And you know, their other their other guys are doing pretty solid. But I think our depth will just kind of like wear on them as the game goes, hopefully. And then uh, you know, we got to find a way to you know to cut the head of the snake off, and that's their point guard PJC who's yeah. playing exceptionally well right now. Yeah, that he is, and uh, certainly was up and about the other night. Uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright, for sure. But as, as Adam mentioned, you know, you started the season as a scout and special advisor. Just mm-hmm. personally, how how would you describe how things have changed for you over the past few months? <laughs> Drastically tough, man. I mean, I went to uh, having a lot more downtime and being able to enjoy the you know the nights uh, of Wollongong and Sydney, but now they changed to where everything relies on my decisions and what you know I have to kind of do the plan to get this team going. So it, it was a drastic change, but uh, you know I mean I'm I'm, I'm proud that I have the, the the management has the belief in me to be able to do it, and then my team you know rallied behind me to give me that faith and 
Uh, they came and de- came to work and dedicate themselves to me every day. So it was it's an enjoyment instead of like a punishment. I feel and I, you know. So I'm just uh, I'm really enjoying the wave. Justin, our Australian audiences are so familiar with your son Jason and all the fantastic um, stuff he's been doing with the Celtics for a number of years now. I'm intrigued to know how much communication do you guys still have? Is he aware of what you've been achieving with the Hawks so far this year, and obviously keeping an eye on the NBL? Yeah, 100%. We talk pretty much every day through talk or text. Uh, you know, he's very excited and proud of what I've been able to come down here in this journey that I decided to come out here and do on my own and, and how I'm making the impact of it. Um, yeah, and he's, you know, it's just something he's very supportive. So, you know, I definitely ask little things about how professionals may think or act or how I should be able to address certain situations and run things past him. And he'll give me his professional opinion. But, like, we, we have good, candid conversations every day. And today is his birthday in the States. So, I mean, uh, it's a it's a it's a good day to play today, knowing that you know it's his birthday in the states today, and and I have a game today. So hopefully, you know, all that could bring us some luck. Well, I'm seeing uh, they're up 82-38 at half time at the moment against the <laughs> Golden State Warriors. So they've clearly come out hot uh, in that game. Now, uh, just you know, for for a young, talented US kid, why do you think the NBL is good prep potentially? ahead of being drafted and signed in the NBA? And do you think we'll see... We obviously have seen quite a few American-based players come out and play in the NBL. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having people such as yourself involved, can we expect, I guess, more to to come and take this route on on the way to the NBA? I I would hope so. I mean, it's a great opportunity, especially if you are on that trajectory to get to the NBA and you want to find a way to fast-pace yourself through the... And by learning the physicality, the language, the, and, you know, how to become a professional. And this is a great, uh, great league to do that at. And, but you also got to come in mentally prepared and mentally strong. And so if you're not, because, you, you know, you come in 20 hours away from home and um, you're playing on, you know, against grown men who are in the, you know, in the prime of their careers or trying to do something for their families as well. Um, you know, that's, that's something that you got to uh, intake as well. So I think it's a great opportunity for guys or, you know, for, you know, for the young players that want to come over here to, jump to the NBA and get themselves prepared. But, you know, they have to have their things in order as well. So it just can't be an experimental uh, thing on their end and feel that they could come in and just dominate and do something different like they did in the States because it won't work because this league is very tough, very competitive, very very well coached. And, and, you know, so you have to be some type of different type of player, mindset, mentally and physically, to be able to enjoy this journey. But it, it's, a, it's, a definitely, uh, it's, it's a definitely a stepping stone. It's prepare, it can definitely prepare you for it, though. And tell us about the impact, I guess, of the Illawarra community on you and this team, and how crucial their support is tonight. Uh, it's very crucial. I mean, they've been uh, they've been on a on our winning bandwagon since um, I had opportunity to take over, and they've been very supportive. So we're going to definitely need them and and bulks tonight, making as loud as as much noise as they can against these breakers, because uh, their support and their energy just gives us more energy. Uh, great stuff. Well, we really appreciate your time this morning and well done on the job you're doing with the Hawks. You can go back and watch your son absolutely dominate the Warriors at the moment. <laughs> they are Thank putting you. them to the sword. So great day f- on his birthday, but we appreciate Thank- your time, Justin. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thank- this. Thank you. Justin Tatum, great to speak to him tonight. Illawarra, $1.58. <laughs> the New Zealand Breakers, $2.35 with tabs. So the Hawks are minus three and a half at the line. <laughs> I had to look at that twice. Uh, the Celtics. That's abs- a fair dinkum. Well, well, the Warriors have won, I think, their last seven road games. And it, all of a sudden, absolutely on fire after a very average first half of the season. Uh, but it is 82-38 at halftime. The Celtics, 
to hold the Warriors to 38 points and a half is one thing, but they've scored 82 themselves. So, Jalen, uh, yeah, Jalen Brown's got 25 points and Jason Tatum 22 to halftime in their match in the NBA today. So, gee, that is a pasting when you're up by 34 at halftime. Uh, give us a call. Heroes and Villains, 1353-53-0419-767-272 on the text line. Manly 36, South 24 yesterday. And the Roosters, 20, and the Broncos, 10. Uh, Joey Manu, a big hand, didn't he have, scoring that intercept try off an Ezra Mem pass and then producing that flick pass to Junior Ponga uh, to cross 10 minutes after half time. Reese Walsh, his try, held getting back to 14-10. Victor Radley cross late, set up by James Tedesco. And uh, what a performance from Teddy yesterday as we, I'm sure, debate his rep, even though he's the incumbent New South Wales captain, Australian captain, his position is still going to be scrutinised all up until those sides are picked for game one of the Origin Series. If he keeps playing like that, Mido, there won't be a conversation because he'll be holding on to that jersey, won't he, Clark? He certainly will be. Well, it is. So someone has to outplay him to take it. That's the way it should work. He's earned the right. Um, well, it's the most competitive position in footy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Of, well, that's what I was saying. With you, the quality. You look through the two games, mm. all, full, all four <laughs> fullbacks, superstars of the game. Well, Absolute Latrell, Latrell played well yesterday. Yep. Yeah, All good. four of them yeah. did, mm. but Teddy was well, Teddy probably had more eyes on him as well because of what happened last year. But yeah, he was. Well, I don't know if you can say he's back to his best, but he was he he was the best out of the four, in my opinion, yep. out of the other three. Sorry, in my opinion. And uh, mentioned earlier, but the other one to watch for Manly, as far as and he was up against Colin Matungi, who is incumbent, mm. of course, in the back row for New South Wales, based mm. off Game Three last year. But Olakwatu. Uh, is he's a, a beast. He's a beast. And it, he was probably close to selection last year, Mido. I remember he was discussed a lot in the first six or seven weeks. And mm. then his form just, just, quiet, his form just dipped a little bit just before selection time. And he, I, I don't know whether he was just he was carrying a bit of an injury or something like that. I'm, I'm not too sure. And then he sort of fell off the, off the radar, didn't he? But if he keeps repeating, performance like, he keeps repeating performances like yesterday, he will be right in the mix, you would have thought, for Michael Maguire. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an area... Back row for New South Wales has been a bit, I don't know, a little bit up in the air, hasn't it, Mido? For a couple of years now, we've sort of haven't had an automatic sort of go-to selection, haven't we? So if he can emerge onto the scene, that'd be fantastic for Michael Maguire and the Blues. It was weird, wasn't it? Because South led 20-12 to 12, uh, after Alex Johnston scored. And Jason Demetrio, you know, made mention of it. He said they let themselves down in a f- that 15-minute period in the second half. But, gee, they went, what, 20-12 to 12 up to... 36-20 down, just like mm. that. I, even though South were leading by eight points, I, I sort of always felt that Manly were capable of running up some points mm. pretty quickly. And even even the score's only 12 to a half time in favour of Manly, but I thought they were much the better team in the first half. It so, felt that way. Mm. Yeah, I, I, to me it didn't surprise me that they came back from that deficit in the second half because I just felt there was more points in them yesterday. G'day, Jeff. Good morning, guys. How, How good was that weekend? Oh, plenty going on, mate. How good to have I've, the footy I've, back. I've just got to, just just a it's it's very very simple idea. You know, everyone wants to go there now, and you got the plan for what they, they've locked in five years or something. And um, those guys put on a good good show yesterday. So why not let why not let the winners uh, go back again and just take two new teams and really uh, really give it you know a bit more competition to get into that first round, not rather than a raffle. Well, I think initially they said every team would go. 
didn't they, Adam? I'm pretty. They're going to rotate at Mido. Yeah, yeah. they're going to rotate it amongst the 17 clubs over five years. Mm. So, well, who's a hero and villain, mate? Uh, oh, same old story. And I, I just did want to comment on my Broncos. I was proud of them, man. Like, they are a young side, and you can say they got there early and planned for it and whatever. But they, they I think they still put in a pretty good show. I'm not worried about one result mm. yesterday. You know, they lost a player early and. Um, no, it was, it was good. They were in it right to the end, so it was great. Um, I just the, this, the, there's too much. Every weekend we talk about the bias at the racing tracks, you know. So it's just it, that's just uh, that's the hard part, you know. You, you do, you know. I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not the rest of us like a good good punt on the weekends, but I don't like to, uh, you know. You do your form. I don't like to gamble on the uh, on the drink. I like to have my numbers. I don't make decisions while I'm drunk, so I look at my numbers. But when you if you're looking at your numbers you've put down and you go, Oh my god, I've got no chance because of the way the tracks are running you know, that's uh, that's that's just my opinion. Nah, take awesome weekend though. No, nah, take your point mate. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh we got Steve. G'day Steve. Hi, how are we going? You're not too bad mate. What have you got for us? Well, hero has to be Michelle Heyman, I think, like outside of the obvious for the NRL and Vegas and all that. Um, the, the comeback of Michelle Heyman is nothing short of amazing. Like, you would think that she had a paper stamp, but she's come back and she's just slotted into that side and she's going to be a, an ample replacement for Sam Kerr, I think. What was it, four goals uh, in the first half there against Uzbekistan who... Uh... Pretty much gave up the ghost there pretty quickly there the other night, but taking nothing away from Michelle Heyman. Yep, decent nomination. What about your villain, mate? Uh, the Matildas themselves. They cost so many drinkers around the country a whole lot of beer because there was a whole lot of pubs running promotions, free scooters until the first goal, 27 <laughs> seconds in, it's done. <laughs> Sounds like your local was on board with that. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, a whole lot of unhappy drinkers out there, I think. <laughs> good stuff. No, thanks, mate. Uh, appreciate see you, it. See you <laughs> next Friday. Have a good one. Why wouldn't you do free schooners after the first goal for like 15 minutes? Why do you have to do free schooners until the first goal? You can ring all your publican mates up and Turned out to be a very cagey play, though. Yeah, it was very smart in the mm. end, really. You had to um, get in early. Coming up on Radio Tab Press Room, Andrew Brown joining us. G'day, Brownie. How are you? Yeah, good morning, boys. Yeah, well, what a huge weekend of sport. Didn't I wear Look, yesterday there for a while. It was, <laughs> it was, the, remote was, was the remote was in overdrive. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. It was a great weekend of sport. Of course, uh, then got the AFL, had the AFL next weekend. So, yeah, be even busy. Looking forward to it. As well as the racing, uh, David Fowler along shortly at Press Room. And look, how good was Storm Boy? I know that's one of his topics of discussion this morning. Uh, plenty to talk about there. He's got a regular guests as well, recapping the big weekend of racing, including Chris Barsby, of course, harness racing, the chariots of fire, looking forward to the Miracle Mile this Saturday night. Uh, mobile rolling, South Australian edition coming through. A whole lot more on Racing HQ this morning. Beautiful stuff, mate. We'll catch you shortly. Uh, now, we've got punters post-mortem coming up as well, and Ron Duffy, I believe, is joining us. G'day, Duff. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Uh, firstly, think it over. Uh, what did you make of the run? And obviously, uh, Fangirl was very short in the market, but uh, gee, all honours with Nash and Kerry Parker with that great performance for Think It Over on Saturday. Yeah, oh, sensational. I can never recall a horse coming back um, from a tendon injury, uh, you know, a year off, or more than a year off, and winning two Group 1s, and that's exactly what he's done. He's just been the, the quiet achiever, 
um, no-nonsense horse. You can make a long run on him. Um, and he was just sensational there on Saturday. He's, uh, like I said, to be an eight-year-old and um, winning a couple of Group 1s. You know, there's not many do it. I, you know, you go back and some of them old stayers did it. You, you know, I think who shot the barn and won a Sydney Cup and, and probably probably the most notable uh, fields of Omar. We had Buffering as an eight-year-old win a Group 1, Zaki. But you've got to be good. And he, he was excellent. I I want to be very forgiving of fangirls. Hard to be forgiving if you had her in a multi or anything like that. But uh, she had too much to do. Um, she had to give a very big start in a, a race where they probably steadied up a little bit. And Nash just caught them napping and, and kept the pressure on. And, and she just had too much to do. So disappointing if you backed her. But I, I still think she performed very, very well. And the two-year-old Storm Boy... He's still on his way. He's a real high pause and understandably so. Wish he would have run a little faster time. Um, when you consider Tash, he ran 0.9 quicker than him. Uh, you know, when you when your golden slipper uh, class, you nearly got to match it with the older uh, sprinting horses on on the same day. So, if there's a hole to pull into him, it, it's it's uh, probably that he could have run a little bit faster time. What price are you going to start, Duff? Mid and I were trying to discuss this a little bit earlier this morning. He's two dollars thirty at the moment, all in. But can he get shorter for the slipper in a few weeks' time? I don't think so. No, no, that's about his mark. He'll, he can only get a little softer now. As although uh, from now on in the next few weeks, we we sort out you know a few match races where what is going to be his danger, and a few might drop off. So uh, they'll lose their support. Um, be interesting to see this race on Saturday, Espionage, uh, um, Espionage, and a few others there, and we've got a couple of other races to get through, and and just line these fillies' times up with the Colts for the next few weeks as well. So he's the man at the moment, and conflicting arguments where people want him to draw. Um, some say he might be better drawn out wide, but when you go back through the history of the slipper, and it's. Um, you know, you've got to find that fence at some stage. It's just there and glaring at you. Um, it's a, such a high-pressure race. You've got to save some ground at some stage of a slipper. Great to see Hippo get another Group 1. Adam Hieronymus on Tropical Squall as well, Duff. Yeah, very good filly and a very good rider as well. So um, she will be trained more like a miler. I think that's a common-sense approach. She's going to be right in these uh, fillies races, and I think... Maybe even a little chance in the Doncaster Mile with 49.5 on her back with her racing style. She's a, she's a beauty. She's a, a top-class filly, that. Thank you, mate. We'll catch you shortly. See you, guys. Coming up on Punners Postmortem, Duff and the team. Lots to talk about heading towards, what are we? Randwick Guineas this week. Uh, they're at Randwick Canterbury Stakes. Course. Sorry, Canterbury Stakes, is it? And, yeah, and, and, and the Randwick Guineas. Yep. They're on the same yep. program, yep. aren't they? So yep. think about us back at the races. Ah, okay, beautiful. So, great days racing coming up. Uh, now, we've got to give a winner out for Heroes and Villains this morning. And thank you for all the calls and texts. It was a very busy morning, so we didn't get through as many calls as usual. But I'll give it to uh, Mitch early this morning. Uh, gave a good rap to Nashville Willer, and that was a, a good win on Think About It. Uh, on Saturday, you know, people wanted to criticise a bit fangirl. But Her run I, was more than fine. I think the run was fine. Yeah. The More price wasn't. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Uh, but uh, well done, Mitch, and thank you again for all the calls and texts. Uh, thank you, Adam, for joining us today, by the Thanks, way. Thanks, Mido. Thanks, yeah, Clucky. Well done, buddy. Uh, plenty to be in this morning. Sure Pl- plenty to talk about. Uh, what time did you wake up this morning? 3.30. How'd that feel? 
Yeah, not great, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Are you going home to bed now? No, I've got to work for the rest of the day. Good. So push on. I will push on until whenever I file my last until story. Until about 7.30 p.m. Oh, hopefully not 7.30 tonight. <laughs> hopefully about 5.36 will, will, will pull me up, hopefully. <laughs> Josh Reynolds be. in tomorrow. Joshy, beautiful. I'm off to cross country. Oh, mate. Are you running Lee. yourself? No, I'm not running. I'll be cheering her on. I put her through a training steps on Saturday. How far? On a treadmill. Two Ks. Two Ks, yeah. What's, so what, what time is she aiming for? Mm, I don't, she I, just wants to finish. I... Don't know if she can run two k's without stopping. Oh, she beat me home. Don't worry, sprinter. <laughs> she's sprint, walk, sprint. But let's wait and see. Okay, that might be a good tactic. The mm. old sprint, walk, sprint. I think just make it. I don't care. Have if you're fun. Calling. Have yeah, fun just and just finish. Smile on your face and get there. Have a great Monday, everyone.